I want you to take your Bible in your hand this morning. Uh, We do this on a regular basis. I want you to hold it up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. Um, It was written for me. Thank you. I don't do this all the time. Grace, grace. Uh, It was written for me, for my correction, for my direction, and my soon coming resurrection. Oh, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Amen. Amen. I hope you meant that. Be it unto me according to your word, because that's what I'm going to preach to you this morning. Be it unto me according to your word. And not just the written word, yes, the written word, but the spoken word of God. Be it unto me. You know what that means? That's amen. So be it. So be it. When we say an amen, when someone's preaching, when someone's got a good word and we're like, amen, amen, we're saying, let it be to me. Be, be, so be it. Let it be done inside of me. That's what it means. And so <clears throat> I want to... Uh, continue on this morning. I'm so excited to share this message with you. I want to continue on with our series for this month, which was called Christmas Carriers. Is that correct? Or Carriers of Christmas. We said both ways, and I can't remember which one. We Christmas Carriers. Very good. Awesome. Uh, I want to continue on with that. And today I have the privilege to share uh, some Carriers of Christmas with you. Last week, I just want to recap quickly, if you weren't here, Pastor Greg spoke on uh, the very first carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ was uh, was the prophets. Uh, they, even before uh, it showed up in the New Testament, even before the angel Gabriel showed up, uh, Isaiah, uh, Micah, and even we went back to Genesis and talked about Jacob and when he laid his hands on the sons and began to prophesy over Judah and his line, the line's whelp and, and, and all that would come through his line. He was prophesying. He was setting things in order. He was speaking the word of God. He was being a carrier of the word of God, but speaking it to that next generation so that they could carry out the vision and what God had for them. And so we talked about the prophets and then We talked about how God went silent for about 400 years. There weren't prophets speaking the word of God to Israel specifically. God was speaking to individuals. We know that Simeon was in the temple because the Holy Spirit told him to go there, right? To see the Christ. We know that Anna was in the temple there as well because she was an intercessor. She was a woman of God. She wanted to see also the Messiah. So we know that God was speaking to individuals, but we didn't hear much prophetic movement. We didn't hear much... Uh, things going on the word of God to Israel itself. There was a a period of silence. So God breaks the silence. Uh, One day when Zechariah was in the uh, temple, he was there. Uh, He was a priest in the line of Aaron. He and his wife, Elizabeth, uh, they were priests and they were in the lineage of Aaron, which you know Aaron came from the Levites, which were the priests there. And so they were there and Zechariah was, uh, it was his turn, basically. They had different turns. They would go in. It was his time to go in and to burn incense before the Lord. And so we've talked about this. Actually, this last several months, uh, Greg's been talking about this, this encounter here that Zechariah and Elizabeth had and being a forerunner and the Word of God. And so this has set up great for what we're going to be talking about this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about Elizabeth and Mary. I want to talk to you about wombs. Uh, and these two wombs that carried the word of God, okay? And I want you, every time I talk about this, yes, they carried these, uh, this word of God. They carried this in the natural, but they also carried this in the spiritual. And so I wanna make sure that we're getting the parallel. Every time I'm talking about Elizabeth and Mary, I'm not just talking about them conceiving John the Baptist and Jesus the Christ. I'm talking about what does God want to conceive in us? What seed might he drop into us so that we can be carriers of the word of God. And we need to be open to what God wants to say to us. So I want to talk about uh, that a little bit, how they carried in the natural, like I said, but also carrying in the spirit. Obviously, Zechariah, when the angel Gabriel shows up and tells him, hey, God, God, God has heard your prayers. 
God's going to answer your prayers. He's obviously been praying, and, and it doesn't say that Elizabeth has, but we know, obviously, that she was on the same page. She also had been praying for a son, and they had been praying, and the Lord decided to answer their prayers. And so we know that they were carrying something in the Spirit. When you pray and when you lay your request before the Lord, you're carrying something. You, you want to carry something. You're asking God to, to impregnate you, basically, with something of the Spirit. Spirit. And so I want you to be open this morning. Everybody say, God, open my heart. God, open my spirit. God, open my mind to what you want to say this morning. You know, Jesus told his disciples, he said it after he had spoken. He said, he that hath ear, let him hear what the spirit has to say to the church. He didn't say that first. He said what he said, but then he said, if you have an ear, he didn't mean you just heard me in the natural. So everybody's like, I just heard what you said. But he's saying, if you have a spiritual ear, give ear to what I'm getting ready to say. And I always pray that, God, give us ear to hear what your spirit says to the church. Amen. All right. I want to, this was going to be my end, but I'm going to go ahead and say it and then I'm going to bring it back up. But this morning, as I was meditating and baking molasses cookies for my granddaughter's birthday um, party, <laughs> sorry, I was just fellowshipping with God in the kitchen and listen if you can't fellowship with God while you're making cookies you need to make a shift in your life because or doing laundry or or working on a car or whatever you're doing because God shows up anywhere everywhere if we'll turn our attention to him I, I you know I, I haven't uh, always had the the time or the opportunity to lay before the Lord on my face because I have other responsibilities sometimes as a mother of 12 and now grandmother of 13. You know, there's things going on. We live life, amen? But you know what? You got to invite God into your daily life. You've got to invite him into every moment. So this morning, I'm baking molasses cookies and um, and I'm just fellowshipping with the Lord. It's quiet in the house before everybody else got up. And um, I turned on my Andre Crouch radio. Anybody say, yes, Lord. Andre Crouch, y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Andre can uh, take you back. Everybody's supposed to laugh at that because there's a song that says, take me back. Okay. Most of y'all don't know who Andre Crouch is. Okay. But anyway, I'm listening to Andre Crouch radio. And all of a sudden, Pastor Marvin Winans comes on on the Andre Crouch radio with Andre Crouch. And he says, start singing, let the church say amen. That's right. Let the church say, so be it. Let the church say, be it unto me according to your word. It's time for the church to begin to conceive what it is that God has for us in these last days. Because if we're not carrying the word of the Lord, if we're not carrying what God wants us to carry, guess what? We're not going to make a difference. If Mary would not have conceived and said, let it be to me, like you said, if she'd have said, no, 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 uh-uh, that's too hard. I'm, I'm too young. I'm a virgin. I'm betrothed to Joseph. I can't do this. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to be ridiculed. What are people going to think about me? She might've thought those things, but that's not what she said. That's not what she said. She might've thought those things and, and pondered. It even said she was a ponderer. We find out Mary was a ponderer. And most people think pondering is, is just, hmm. let me, let me think on that. You no, know, the word ponder actually in the Greek means to struggle. It means to wrestle. And I'm telling you, when sometimes when God speaks something to you that, you that he wants you to carry, it's not always just, hmm. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes you have to wrestle with that word and, and be willing to carry it out. Be willing to do what God's told you to do and say what God's told you to say. Amen. All right. So. I want to talk about Elizabeth and Mary a little bit. And one thing that's exciting, one of the things we have on our wall out here in our Gather Coffee Shop, does anybody know what it says? We're living in the days. Amen. And that's a big thing we talk about here, that these days are those days and those days are these days. Well, Elizabeth and Mary were living in the days. They were living in their days. They were present. They were there. They, they obviously were, were uh, ready for whatever it was that God wanted to do. They were, they were on the scene. And we have to be on the scene in our days. We can't just be like, well, some glad morning, you know, well, maybe next year, maybe, maybe in 10 years. No, and we can't be always yesterday. 10 years 
years ago. Oh, let me tell you about 40 years ago. I mean, 40 years ago is good. 30 years ago is good. 20 years ago is good. But let me tell you, we have to have what's going on today. We have to know what's happening in these days right now, in the days that we're living in, because it's perilous. There's times that we're living in, it's perilous, but God is still speaking. I don't want to be like the like it was in the days of Samuel where it says the word of God was rare and, and he wasn't speaking and, and he's only showing up to one little boy that it, wearing the linen ephod. I want him to be a mighty voice in our life in the church. Let the church say amen. Be it unto me, God, according to your word. Say something to me. Birth something in me. Give me a seed that I can carry that can grow and mature. And when it comes out, it's going to make a big difference. Somebody tell me John the Baptist made a difference. Somebody tell me Jesus made a difference. We're still singing about it. We're still singing about it thousands of years later. I was sitting here thinking, wow, wow. They did not, this is not just a Christmas story, although we're preaching about it at Christmas because it's the birth of Jesus, but this is an eternal story. This is something that has gone on and on and on and on and on for generations. I remember being a child and a grandchild, my grandparents talking, going to their house for Christmas, talking about Jesus, my parents' house. In fact, I want to honor my parents. I'm sorry. I got going. Hey. Parents, Dub and Phyllis McCain, such an honor to have them. They surprised me today to have them in the house. So I want you all to turn to the book of Luke. I don't want to get too excited because I'm going to preach myself happy before I even get uh, to the to this to the correct scripture. But in Luke 1, 5, really quick, it said, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. So again, it's in the days. It's it's talking about a certain time frame that they're living in. It didn't just say, you know, uh, just sometime back there, you know, in the, in the AD time or BC time. It didn't just say, it said specific, in the days of Herod, okay? We're living in specific days. And we have to know what days those are. It says Zechariah is there in the days. Later on, it jumps down to Luke 1 24. And it says, now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me. And I'll get into that in a minute, but just so important of how we, we need to live in the days. We need to understand we're living in the days, in the last days. We're living in the times that God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We say this all the time. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And on your handmaidens, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Amen. That's the days we're living in. So I want to make sure that we're all connected to the days we're living in. Let's don't disconnect from what God is doing. Let's find out what's he doing in these days. What, what's going on? All right. So God's given me three keys to share with you this morning. Three keys of a carrier. All right. When we're going to be a carrier of what God wants to uh, do in us, what he wants to say through us, we want to be a carrier of the word of God. Uh, there's some keys that we're going to talk about. All right. And... Um, one of those, I'll go ahead and tell you, the first one is commitment, the second one is communication, and the third one is completion. And of course, we're going to break those down, but first of all, you noticed all of those had the prefix C-O-M, calm, okay? Calm is a positive prefix. Con, C-O-N, is usually a negative prefix, okay? Um, if you have a contract, it's because there's a distrust somewhere and you have to make sure you sign a contract. The word contrast means uh, you different colors. You turn around. So it's usually con uh, is, is backwards. Contempt. That's, that's a, a negative word too. If someone has contempt for someone. So there's a lot of negative con words. Well, just a con in itself. He's a con. She's a con. <laughs> that's not good, right? Nope. And then we'll say pros and cons, right? We use that. So con is usually negative, but the word calm, just the prefix calm in and of itself means with. It means together. It means inassociated with, and it means completely. So when you add uh, words, you can look up any of the calm words. Usually it has something to do with doing it with someone else, doing it together in association with, and, and it's, it's something that you have to do. Okay. The first word commitment, obviously, um, 
If we're going to be carriers of the word of God, one of the keys is commitment. I believe we have to be a committed people uh, so that God can trust us. God reminded me of that Proverbs last night that says, when you send, uh, like send a word with a fool, it's like cutting your foot off. I'm like, whoa, that's a bad proverb. No, it's true. he wasn't trustworthy. You sent a message to get somewhere, and if it and, and if you're sending it with somebody who's a fool, everybody know who what a fool is, right? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You send a message with somebody who doesn't even believe in God, it's like cutting your feet off. You, you, you can't even go anywhere. So again, there's a scripture, the apostle Paul says, commit thou to faithful man. Commit to faithful people. That's what God's looking for too. He's like, yes, I want to commit my word. I want to give my word. I want to, I want to do this through you. I'm going to do it through James. I'm going to do it through Mary. I'm going to do it through Eric. I'm going to do it. He, he, he wants to do things through us, but we have to ask ourselves, where's our commitment level? Where's our commitment level to God and to man? Where is it at? And so I want to turn really quick to Luke 1, 6, okay? And just talk about Elizabeth and Mary. They were committed people. They were committed women of God. Elizabeth, it says in 1, 6, where I read a little bit of that earlier, uh, it says, and they, talking about, uh, well, I'll just start up in 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. She too was in the lineage of the priesthood. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So there's commitment. Obviously, she's committed to God. She's walked according to the law. That's what she's known her whole life. Obviously, as a a lineage of the priesthood, she's known how to commit to the commandments of God, how to commit to the ordinance of God. She's lived a committed and righteous life. So uh, here we see her in this place, but it says she's barren. She has no children, but obviously God has seen her commitment. He's seen, here's a woman, here's a womb that I can feel right here. This woman is righteous. This woman has kept the ordinance of God. This woman has, has lived out the commandments of God. She's faithful. And I want to bless her. And I want to not only bless her, and it wasn't just about Elizabeth and Zacharias. Sometimes we need to get uh, it through our minds. I'm almost going to say th- through our thick skulls because that's how I feel sometimes God has to do for me, right? I have a thick skull sometimes, stubborn. I, I think things my way, you know. But sometimes God has to get it through our thick skull that things are not just about us. It's about other people. And, and I'll never forget the time we were doing disaster relief up on the mountain. And when the tornadoes came through in 2011, and we were up there and we were tirelessly cutting down trees and helping people patch roofs. And we were cooking meal after meal after meal and serving meals. And so we were, we were serving the community up in Pisgah. We're here first. And then the Lord sent us to Pisgah for uh, several months. So we were there working and helping do that. And I was tired. I, I remember I, uh, well, Hosanna was only um, six weeks old. She was six weeks old in a baby carrier, and I was uh, blowing out about 5,000 meals a day uh, out, of this, out of this cooking trailer. We had a great team around us. I wasn't um, uh, doing it by myself, obviously, but there were people. But, but we were, we were uh, you know, helping serve and all that. And so I remember being tired. I remember I was, I was getting weary. I'm like, man, how long are we going to be doing this? You know, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is getting long. And so we had a little meeting, all the people that had been serving the community. We had the Red Cross there. Uh, we had the Salvation Army. And they were so gracious when they would get finished with their rounds, they would come and just drop their, the rest of their food off to us and we'd be able to uh, use it with what we were doing. So the Salvation Army guy was sitting there and of course, you know, I wasn't going to miss the opportunity if y'all know me. I love uh, William Booth and the Salvation Army and Catherine Booth. And so I was like, well, thank y'all for what you're doing. You know, I've always really admired William Booth and Catherine Booth and their um, vision for the Salvation Army when it first started. He goes, let me tell you a story. I'm all ears because I like stories. I like to tell stories <laughs> also, but I like to hear stories. And so I perked my ears up and I'm sitting there. I remember I'm tired. I'm, I've been, been doing stuff. 
And he said, uh, William Booth, he was the commander of the army, the Salvation Army, that is. And he could tell that his generals uh, were getting were getting weary because they were hitting the pavement night after night, playing their band and giving food and, and ministering to people and preaching salvation to those that were lost in a, in a really dark time uh, in their lives. And so, um, so he's like, I want to send a message. I want, he was a carrier, see? He's like, I want to send a message to all my generals that will just encourage them to continue to fight the good fight of faith, to continue to pound the pavement, to continue to do what I've called them to do. And so he goes into the telegraph office and he's like, well, I could say, you know, well done, keep going. Well done, keep going. That's four words. I don't have enough money to send four words. Well, maybe I could say three words. I don't even have enough money to send three words because you paid per word. He had enough money to send one word. And so he decides, and he sends the telegram to all of his generals all out in the Salvation Army, and they open the message, and it says, others. (laughs) That's what it said, others. And when he told me that, I started weeping, of course, because, again, I'm a weeper, and that's okay. But I realized that I wasn't doing what I had been doing for the last six weeks for myself. I was doing it for others. And it did give me the boost I needed. I'm like, William Booth is still speaking to me all those years later because he waited and heard a word from God to send to his generals. And I was like, well, I'm a general now. I got the word and I'm going to keep going. Amen. So I did. We kept making uh, Kraut and Weenies. Isn't that right, Jess and Jerry? Yep. Uh, does anybody still eat Kraut and Weenies? I'm just wondering. Okay, thank you. Some of y'all. Very good. All right. Commitment. So uh, Mary in Luke 127, I want to talk about her commitment just for a minute and who she was. It says here uh, in 26, actually, now in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent to God, sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed. Those two words say a lot of things. Number one, she was a virgin. That meant she was committed to her purity before God. She had chosen not to be promiscuous. She had chosen not to step outside of uh, of the ordinance of God and the way that God had chosen for young ladies to live. But the word betrothed is a really big deal. And we don't use that word a whole lot. Well, we do sometimes. We're like, oh, Hannah and Austin are betrothed to one another. You know, and people are like, betrothed, that's an old word. It is an old word. But it, it's an oldie but a goodie. Betrothed means this. I want to read it to you, make sure. Um, did I write that down? Yes, it also means espoused. Uh, it, it was binding. Betrothal was binding, and it could only be ended by death or divorce. And you're like, wait a minute. They're not even married yet. Mm-hmm. They were. They were. The commitment that you made to one another when, when uh, you know, the, the man would say, I, be, I want you to be my wife, you would make that commitment then. You would choose then. I am committed to you. And usually it was about a year and the man would go away. He would build a house and he would prepare and she would prepare herself to be a wife. But if she were unfaithful during that time, and that's why Joseph said when he found out, he said when, she, when they found out Mary was with child, Joseph thought about putting her away quietly. That means he thought about divorcing her quietly. Like, wait a minute, they're not even married. They were in God's eyes because betrothal was a very serious commitment. She was a committed person. She had committed herself to Joseph to be his wife, and she was not planning on stepping out on him before they ever got married or once they got married. She had chosen to live a committed lifestyle. So to me, virgin and betrothed betrothed says something really deep to me that she was a committed person. And obviously God saw, hey, there's somebody that can carry my word. There's somebody that I can uh, impregnate with my spirit, my very spirit. 
of God. Okay, so now the second thing I want to go in, because if I keep reading, I'll, I'll, I'll go uh, past it. But our second key, our first key was commitment, obviously being a committed person. We have to have commitment. Um, same thing, okay, if I wasn't committed to Pastor Greg, I may obviously mix in this natural spiritual thing because you know again I have 12 children so I kind of understand the process of carrying something in my womb in the natural but I also understand carrying things in the spirit because out of 12 children at least three I conceived spiritually before I conceived them naturally and I've talked about that a little bit on the night of worship where God spoke to me or I had a vision. Uh, we talked about the open heaven thing. There was times that God would speak to me and I would literally conceive in the spirit in my heart the child before I would conceive it in the natural. So I knew I'm, I'm getting ready to conceive again in the natural. And so it's, it was an interesting thing. I wish I would have done that every time, but not every time did that happen. Um, but uh, this commitment, I had to be committed to say, you know, committed, obviously, to Pastor Greg to be like, yes, I'm, I'm committed to this marriage. I'm committed to be a mother with it while you're the father. I'm committed to this. We have to be committed to, I had to commit to carry the children to, to get them here, right? You have to be committed to receive the seed, to carry it, to nurture it, to help it, make it uh, grow, make sure you're healthy, make sure you're doing all the things, and then, obviously, uh, to come to pass. But the second thing, the key that God showed me was communication. All right, we obviously know, we say, if we were going to define prayer, we would say prayer is basically communication with God, right? Um, but communication is a very important thing. And we tell people this in marriage counseling all the time. What's the number one thing that's the most important? communication. Seriously, please communicate with each other and, and let each other know how, how things are going in every area of your life, whether it be finances, whether it be spiritual things, whether it be about your house, about your children. Communicate. Communication is a good thing. That's just a side thing. But, uh, but Elizabeth in Luke 1, 24 and 25, I love this. And I read this uh, and I just want to reiterate and go on down past this. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, all right, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So we find that Elizabeth now is communicating. All, up until now, Zacharias had been doing the communicating, right? Communicated with the angel Gabriel, asked the question, but his communication got cut really short. After his, yeah, he couldn't speak until after the baby was born because he was questioning, uh, you know, how's this going to happen? A little bit of unbelief there, obviously. But uh, we find Elizabeth, uh, it says that she hid herself. Now, this would seem like people are asking the question, why is she hiding herself? Is she embarrassed? Is she um, too, she thinks she's too old? She... Why is she hiding herself? Well, this word hid herself actually means to conceal entirely. So we find out that sometimes when God speaks something to you or puts a seed inside of you, we don't need to go blab it out everywhere. Sometimes we got to let that thing mature. We got to let it grow. We got to let it do something in us. See, the word of God began to work in Elizabeth first. She didn't just like go out and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and guess what? He's uh, the, uh, a voice crying in the wilderness. And people would think she was a cuckoo, first of all. Like, what? You know, I'm, I'm, this is a forerunner for Christ. It wasn't time. She knew her time. When you are a carrier, you have to know the timing of the Lord. You have to know when to say it, when not to say it, how to let it, again, let it ruminate, all right? And y'all have heard my cow thing, rumination. You, you, you get the word of God, you swallow it, you bring it back up like the cow, you chew it some more, it gets richer in vitamins, right? It gets more nutrients, it's better, swallow it again. Bring it back up, meditate on the word of God. Meditate on what God has said to you. Don't just, the cows don't just eat grass and then lose it behind them right then. Nope, has to go through a process of rumination, digestion, 
all of that before it actually comes out and fertilizes the grass behind it so that people behind, the cows behind it can get better grass than they would have gotten before. Right, manure is rich. It's rich for the grass because that's what the other cows are going to be eating. And if we want to carry a word that's rich, we might need to let it ruminate a little bit. We might need to bring it back up and chew on it a little bit and be like, man, this is, this is good stuff. It's getting richer. Every time I bring that scripture back up, I'm like, man, I thought what was rich was this morning when God spoke to me. But this afternoon, whoo, this is good. And then when I bring that thing back up at night when I'm laying on my bed and I'm like, shoo, wow, what God said this morning and what he said this afternoon and what he said tonight, it's, it's so rich by that time. Uh, you know, it, it, it nourishes me, but then it's time. When it's time, I can give it to somebody else. And they're like, man, that's good. That's not just grass. It's changed into something else, right? Fertilizer. <laughs> All right. Um, so concealed entirely five months, but this is what she said. Thus, the Lord has dealt with me. And I've got to tell you what this word means, dealt. This is so good. This is a Greek word, dealt here. And I've got it on my other page. It means to abide. It means to agree. It means to band together. Remember I talked about calm? Remember that? Doing things together. Band together. It means without any delay. Execute, fulfill, gain. She's, she's speaking. She's like, the Lord has agreed with me. The Lord has no more delay. The Lord is fulfilling. He's executing his plan in me. And you would think that a 90 whatever, I, I just said she was old. I don't know that it said her exact age. I said 90. Sarah was 90, right? When she conceived, she and Abraham. But it said she was well advanced in years and she had not had a child. So obviously we know. And so, but instead of being like, well, it's about time. Can you believe God made me wait till I was too old to carry a baby? A baby, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes we despise the word of God. Sometimes we think he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, come on, God, what are you waiting for? I'm sure Elizabeth thought that a few times. Come on, God. Shame, reproach. She said, the Lord has dealt with me. He's banded together with me. He's now going to fulfill, and I'm going to have a gain in my life. And, and she goes on to say, he's dealt with me in the days when he looked on me. He regarded me. God chose to look and regard me and say, look, I see you. I regard you. I see your commitment. I see who you are. And then she goes on to say, he's regarded me and take away my reproach. That means my disgrace, the taunting, the shame among people. The, she she had had lived in shame. Now, when you are a carrier of the word of God, let me tell you something. Or when you're a carrier of what God wants you to do, let me tell you something. It's kind of like Pastor Waylon said earlier, diverse trials. Just because we are like, oh yes, God, I'm going to be a carrier. This is going to be awesome. Mary had some, some struggles. She was young, again, found to be pregnant while she's betrothed to Joseph. I mean, think of the shame that could have been brought on them. Elizabeth was already living in discouragement and shame and too old to have children, barren. And, and who knows what she had walked through. She, it says taunting. You've taken away my taunting. I don't know if people actually had taunted her, maybe to her face. or like, well, I wonder why she doesn't have, she, uh, she's from the house of Abijah. She should have some children by now. What's wrong with her? timing of God, commitment. She continued to be committed. She didn't be like, well, forget this. I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit praying about it. Obviously, Zacharias didn't quit praying about it because the angel said, I I've heard your prayers. One more time. Remember that? One more prayer. Continue to pray. Continue to do what God's called you to do. I'm telling you, God in his timing can do so much. And when we give up or we decide it's not quick enough or it's not, uh, it's not long enough, it's not fast enough, it's not good enough, it's not this enough, it's not that enough, we don't know. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Let's just submit ourselves to the will of God and allow him, be it, uh, be it unto me. Be it unto me according to my word. No. See, but that's what we do sometimes. Do, do it my way. Be it unto me, God, according to my word, what, what I think. No, be it unto me according to your word. And I'm telling you, again, I say it again. I know I, I can't help but talk about my testimony because it's my testimony. And it's my life. 
But if I would have said, God, be it unto me according to my word, I wouldn't have 12 children. I would not have chosen that path. But God did. And man, am I thankful. Was it easy? Was it like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm pregnant again. Seventh time. Woo! Glory to God. I'm going to get to, I'm gonna get to give birth at seven, seven times. That's, wow. Eight times, nine times, ten times, eleven times, twelve times. Again, it wasn't, wasn't my choice. I submitted my will and let God choose what he wanted to do. And, and I'm so glad. I look back, I, I can't imagine living without any, any of those children that God blessed us with. I'm so thankful that I submitted and, and let God. It, it went, again, it wasn't easy. And I'm not patting myself on the back. There were times I was like throwing in the towel. I never want to do this again. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to get off on that because I talk about that a lot. Y'all hear me. But Mary and Elizabeth both I want to talk about Mary for a minute and her communication. Um, Mary in Luke one thirty eight. Let's look here. Y'all know uh, Gabriel shows up just for time's sake. I don't want to. Uh, Gabriel shows up. Well, I'll just read it. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the whole, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. He starts giving her a little testimony. See, he's got to help. Sometimes God has to give us a little testimony with the word. You know, he has to give us a little sugar, spoonful of sugar, right? And say, hey, not only are you going to conceive, but Elizabeth, who's old and barren, she was, she is old. She was barren. She, she's going to have a son too. And she, because with God, because she's like, that's impossible. It's impossible that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me and overshadow me. No, and let me tell you something else. Elizabeth, that would seem impossible too, right? But with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible. And so I want to show how she responds, though, her communication. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Amen. Let it be to me according to your word. And then in 39, I want you to look at this, and then I'll go into she and Elizabeth's communication with one another for a minute. But I love this because it, again, goes back in 39. It says, now Mary arose in those days. She didn't wait. She didn't wait. She was, what's happening now? In the days that we're living in, when God speaks it to you, don't sit on it for, you know, however long. Sometimes we sit on things and it's good to sit on things for a little bit. Like I said, it's good to ruminate on it and not, not spew it out. But sometimes I, told, I was telling my children last night, we were doing family devotions, our children. I, we try to say our, not mine. We try to never say, uh, go get your child. Um, it's just a tip. They're our children, even when they're good and when they're bad. Not Go get your child. She's acting out. Or that's my child. Look at her. She's so good. No, it's our children. Either way. Okay? All right. Um, so uh, <laughs> I always lost where I was there for a minute. Uh, so Mary, uh, she arose in those days. She, she went ahead and said, okay, now's the time. I was talking to the children in family devotion. That was it. And I said, what if I would have conceived y'all in my womb and I would have never birthed y'all. If you stayed in my womb, what would have happened? And Levi said, we would have died. I said, exactly. Which is going to be my third point. Completion. We have to carry the word to completion because sometimes if it's not birthed, if it's not completed, what God's given us to do... Um, yeah, I'll get into that in just a minute. But let's, let's talk about Elizabeth and Mary real quick, and then we'll jump to that third and final key that I have this morning. 
Mary arose in those days, went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah, entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. So we find her communicating again. Now she's been communicating to her husband and about God. Now she's communicating to someone else. She is carrying something in the spirit now, not just in the natural. She is carrying the, the forerunner, the, the uh, voice in the wilderness. I mean, think, you're like, what could we really carry? What, what could we really carry, y'all? The, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It says if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. And, and I just, if I could say anything to you, just to realize that the spirit of God is still alive. He's still speaking. The word of God is alive. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And God can put that seed inside of us and allow us us to minister to other people, allow us to change the atmosphere. I mean, again, she's carrying a forerunner, somebody that's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. And Mary is carrying the Messiah himself. So, I mean, how much more of the word of God could they carry? Both of them were carrying the word of God. And we can do the same thing. We can be carriers of what God says. I love it when I hear these testimonies. And do you know what? This, God said this during worship, and I wrote it down. Some of us are in this room and where we are because of others being carriers. Carriers of prayers, carriers of burdens, carriers of words of encouragement, carriers of texts, carriers of phone calls, carriers of meals, carriers of truth, and carriers of a word from God. I believe everybody in here could probably say that I'm sitting here with my relationship with God right now because someone else was a carrier. They carried something and said it to me, or they text me when I was fixing to throw in the towel. And they said, this text saved my life. Literally, Literally. So all of us can be carriers. You're like, man, I, I can't carry Jesus. I can't carry John the Baptist. That's, that's huge. That's forerunner. You know, that's, that's big stuff. What about that text? What about that, that, that little word of encouragement that says, God loves you. You're important. You look beautiful today. It starts that way. Remember prophecy starts? It says that prophecy is encouragement, exhortation. If we start learning to encourage and exhort people, then God can give us prophetic words for people. We're all, we, sometimes we want the, the big things, but we don't want to do the little things. And sometimes we think we'll never do the big things, but we got to start doing the little things. Because if you're faithful over little, he'll make you steward over much. Amen. All right. So, Elizabeth starts communicating, actually prophesying. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, I'm glad Mary decided to communicate. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment, there's that word again, of those things which were told her from the Lord. So she's saying, everything God told you is going to be fulfilled, Mary. Mary needed to go to see Elizabeth, but she needed to go get that confirmation too from the Lord. Your confirmations could be sitting in this room. Right? God speaks something to you and you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know. And all of a sudden you run into Buck Weezer in the lobby and they're like, oh, I had a dream about you last night. Uh, uh, okay, one example. Uh, Harvest tells me when she's four years old, she goes, I think I know what you should name this baby. I'm carrying the last child, number 12. I'm like, what? She said, I think you should name her Hosanna. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, Hosanna, I already have a Hannah, that's weird, Hannah, Hosanna, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm like, mm, I'll pray about it, I'll pray about it. She's three or four, she's, she's busting it out. In the lobby, 
I run into Buck Weezer's wife, actually. And she's like, oh, I had a dream about you last night. I was like, really? She said, yeah, you gave birth to, a ba- to the baby. She said, and, and I heard its name, but I don't have to tell you if you don't want me to. I'm like, I- I'm good. You can tell me. I mean, I don't have to name it what you tell me. I'm, I'm good. I'm praying about it. I'm good. And she said, her name was Hosanna. She was carrying something in that, in that dream. Because... Hosanna, are you in here, Hosanna? Hosanna came forth, and her name's Hosanna. All right, um, right. All right, so then, and, and you know what? I, I'm not going to take time, but I want you to, this week, you have homework. See, I'm a teacher, too. So you have homework. This week, you're going to need to read Luke 1, 46 through 55. You're going to need to read Mary's communication uh, after she gets the confirmation. She's gone. She, my soul, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotion shall magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Some people wouldn't be saying that if they had found out they're pregnant or, you know, we're going to be pregnant and maybe be, um, in shame and not know at this point we don't know if Joseph even knows what's going on yet because then it says in 56 I'm going to the last point y'all I promise I am it's 1142 I'm good um point three completion the key to be a carrier is completing because God is a completer he said he's faithful to complete the good work which he has started in you so if God spoke it to you, guess what? He's going to bring it to pass. But we have to let him bring it to pass. And it got kind of serious in my living room last night when I said, what if when I conceived you, I already asked him the one question, if I didn't birth you and you stayed in my womb, I would have died. So what would have happened if I decided not to carry you? And I aborted that seed. And again, I'm not trying to be, but this is what the Lord has said. Look at it spiritually. I'm not not stepping on anybody naturally. God is a forgiving, loving God and wants to heal people who have been through something like that. And they carry that hurt or they carry that pain with them. I can't imagine. But every day when God speaks to the the word of God to us, we have the choice to be committed to carry it, to communicate back with him. And to bring it to completion. And I said, if I would have chosen not to carry that seed, not to bring it to completion, that would not be that would not be a good thing. You wouldn't be here. Number one. So let's look really quick in um Luke one fifty seven. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. Mary in Luke two six. So it was while they were there, the days. Remember the days? They're living in the days. They're living in the days of what God's doing right there. He's getting ready to change the face of, of Israel. He's getting ready. It's been the same 400 years. It's getting ready to change. The forerunners coming on the scene. The Messiah's coming on the scene. And, and, but they had to be faithful to the days they were living in so that what needed to come forth came forth so that we could be living in our days. If they would not have been faithful in their days, we would not, it would look different in the days we're living in. It says, um, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Again, she brought forth uh, that, that, that was put in her by the Holy Spirit. She brought it forth. She delivered it. It said she wrapped him in swallowing clothes. She laid him in a manger. And y'all know that, that part of the Christmas story. But here, here's the thing. I said, why? There's a lot of reasons why people might not want to carry a seed to completion. 
And again, we're paralleling here. Number one, fear. Number one, don't want the responsibility of the word. Number three, I don't want it to bring forth the changes in me that need to be brought forth. In other words, you don't want to give up who you were to become who God wants you to be because it it does change you in the natural when you have babies. It changes you naturally. It changes your body. But it hopefully, if you allow God to change you, it changes who you are too. But let me tell you, if you carry the Word of God, if you carry the seed of the Word of God, it will change you. It will change you. And we can't be, and again, I'm not trying to step on toes, but we can't be selfish. We can't be selfish. I don't want to carry that Word. I don't want to carry that, God. That's too heavy. That's too big. It's too much responsibility. Um, no, my life's going to change. Too. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be inconvenient. Children are not an inconvenience. They are a blessing. Now, are there times that things are inconvenient when they have to go to the bathroom every time you go to Walmart? My word, that place has got a gravitational pull on it. When you go to Walmart, I don't care. No, 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 it's actually Goodwill because they don't have a public bathroom. I do not care. We'll go in Goodwill and, Mom, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, they don't have one in here. I guess we're going to, we get in the car. We have to get in the car and go to Family Dollar and then go back to Goodwill because I'm not done shopping. You know what I mean? All right. That's just a little personal inconvenience there. Uh, but but I'm just trying to be funny a little bit because I know this is a serious moment. But seriously, y'all, God wants us to be carriers, not just carriers of Christmas, and but, but carriers of of what of a change of of the change of our days what 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 can we birth in our days from the the lord that is going to just like whoa that that really changed my life when i got prophet and 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 most of you in here a lot of you can be like i tell you when my life changed is when that word when I got that word, when God said that, when that person prophesied over me, when I gave myself wholly to that, remember the whole open heaven, that's when God can change, when we've had an encounter somehow with God and with the word of God. So number one, keys, let's be committed to the Lord. Number two, let's pray, let's be communicative to the Lord, but to one another when God says something to us. And number three, let's let the word of God be completed in us so that we can bring it forth and change other people's life. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for Elizabeth. I'm thankful for Mary. I'm thankful for them being a natural womb, and I'm thankful for them being a spiritual womb also for the body of Christ. Because again, they they said, be it unto me. Marvin Winans didn't even have that song out yet. Let the church go back to that this morning. I wish I could sing it. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen.